Hello and welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast. I'm your host, Jonah Comstock. The COVID-19 pandemic accelerated a change that was already underway with regards to the digitization of pharma marketing and the increasing ubiquity of Omnichannel. It's a trend that has only been supercharged by the recent advances in artificial intelligence. But how is the shift to digital playing out on the ground? In today's episode, sponsored by Viva, I'll be stepping back and letting our partners at Viva, Victoria Sarah Gitterman, European Customer Experience Lead, and Sebastian Knoll, Viva's Director of Multi-Channel Strategy, moderate a discussion with two executives in the trenches of this change, Andy Ekout, Global Head of CRM and Digital Solutions at Advanced Pharma, and Mokhtar Alsead, Head of Global Go-To-Market Commercial Transformation at Sanofi. So sit back and enjoy the discussion, and then you can follow the link in the description to a new white paper from Viva that will go in-depth on some of the same topics. Great, so we'll do a very quick introduction to myself. Victoria here, I'm part of the business consulting team uh, based out of Europe, and uh, my focus has been uh, over the last couple of years in particular around customer experience and how we enable that for our field teams and for our commercial customers. And today, uh, thankfully, I have a few colleagues with me to discuss this very interesting topic that I think there's 10 million different ways to cut it and keen to get your thoughts and perspective on, on how this new digital era um, is, is being deployed among our customers and, and how we can make that a success for everyone. But before I do that, maybe to my colleague, Seb, a uh, quick intro- introduction from you. Yes, sure. Thank you, Victoria. Uh, I'm Sebastian. I'm the Viva Multichannel Strategy Lead based in Europe. Uh, and basically, I work with all digital channels that we have in the Viva CRM. And I'm, uh, of course, speaking a lot with uh, all our customers, all the pharma companies in the industry to understand where we're going with the new trends around digital channels. I've been working in this space for quite many years now, starting with uh, virtual meetings or what we used to call remote detailing uh, many years ago. And of course, today we are uh, in many other discussions to really understand uh, how we can make the most of all these digital channels and uh, make sure that we do the best with the whole industry with, uh, to support healthcare professionals. And thankfully, we're not alone, uh, Sepp, and, and we have a perspective from actually customers of ours that are going through that journey themselves. So maybe Mokhtar, briefly about you. Hello, Vec. Uh, hello, Sebastian. Uh, thank you for having me in this um, uh, recording. So my name is Mokhtar Said. I'm working in Sanofi um, for the last uh, 18 years with the front experience on commercial marketing and uh, strategy planning. And recently I'm working for uh, Salesforce Salesforce transformation uh, on the global level for vaccine business unit. So thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure, Mokta. Thank you. And Andy, over to you. Quick introduction. Of course. Um, so I'm Andy Eckhart from Belgium, uh, working more than 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, last two years, uh, I joined the Advanced Pharma team uh, and I'm the global head of CRM and digital solutions. Um, I have a yeah, main commercial background, but uh, to be in this role now for the last two years is more than ever very interesting. I think uh, due to COVID <laughs> and, and post-COVID, we've entered a new era. So uh, it's super exciting to be in, in this role. And I think with my commercial experience, uh, it's good to be on this side. And, and together with this company that is yeah in a digital transformation is building that, uh, that uh, digital strategy. 
So uh, interesting. Great. Um, we can start with a warm up conversation, right? And you've been in this industry for quite some time. And particularly, I guess, the last three years were quite some changes in, into how we think about engaging with the physician, how we think about building a relationship. But just curious, even just like the last year or the last six months, putting COVID aside, I think everyone is tired of speaking of COVID, but putting the last um, six months more as, as a focus, have you seen anything in particular, any like shift in, in how we think about digital, any thoughts from you guys? on how that impacts the way you, you go to market? I can maybe start here. Uh, I think in all honesty, we are still searching what is the best approach. And if I may listen, if I listen to our customers, also they are still searching what is now the best approach. Um, I think they're engaging with their patients again uh, in 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 face to face, which is a good a good thing for them. Um, but how they interact with with pharmaceutical industry, it it depends. It really depends the speciality, and and also they are now looking at what is the best the best option out there. So it's a little bit in in the middle there for the moment. Yeah. And Mokhtar, for you, I could um, I'm totally aligned with the, with you, Andy. And I could add for this point that we we already reported uh, for the physician that they start to look to more speciality um, for, for example, for speciality print, uh, even for more in-depth scientific information. Um, and if I focus on the vaccine therapeutic area, for example, they would like to focus more on the innovation, um, uh, real or neglected infectious disease. Mm-hmm. Um, which is it was not the case before. So we we reported that the direction for the discussion with the physician now is is moving more to have more speciality for the vaccination and also for the discussion for innovation rather than for the traditional vaccines. And I think it might be applied also for other therapeutic area, not only mm-hmm. for vaccine. And I mean, correct me if you, if you guys feel differently, but. At least the sort of conversations I had with customers in the past were a lot more around the value that digital can bring. And it was a lot like, this is worth doing. It's a nice uh, compliment to your face-to-face, but it was still seen as a like separate thing you would do on top, a nice to have. But a lot of the conversations I had over the past year were a lot more like, how do we like, get this done? Like, what does it mean? How do we make this a reality? What are the implications? And how do we get um, the organizations ready? Do you guys feel the same? Like I, I always get like different reactions. Is it the organizations that are not ready? The reps are not ready? The physicians were not ready? Just keen to get your thoughts on, on what do you think things changed over the last year or what clicked um, and is now different? Yeah, what I saw um, actually after after the covid the acceptance of the physician start to increase, especially for digital uh, engagement in general. So either it's um, it's um, red driven or um, marketing and medical driven or HEQ driven. And the point here is about what is beyond this engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and we 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 see this differentiation. So the physician they would like to keep the face to face. Of course, in-person interaction with the with the with the sales force, uh, and they would like to have also and to increase the digital interaction, but for a specific type of brand, a specific type of information. So, and this is what we 
differentiate between the face-to-face -face and digital interaction. So, and for example, SCPs they would like to have uh, emails and uh, uh, might be remote meeting or webinar for the information related to the existing prints. So it might be uh, any update about guidelines or about recommendation. However, if there is a new information about launch or uh, something more innovative, they prefer to have it in person. So, and this balance between the in-person interaction and face-to-face interaction and the digital interaction, I think it's one of the key topics that we should focus mm -hmm. from both sides, from the HCPs and also from the pharma company. Yeah, and, and from our perspective, I agree with, with Mokhtar. Uh, however, it's also important to see the differences per speciality and to the, the differences per country, because we see a, a huge difference. So you cannot overgeneralize things. So uh, an, yeah, an analysis per country or per speciality is really necessary to do the right thing now. Uh, and honestly, you could do market research um, or if you have your network, you can just ask your physicians. And that's even better because there's a lot of assumptions out there now. Uh, and I think if you have a network with your customers, it's better now to ask them what is the preferred channel um, and, and, and what are the different ways of engaging with, with the physician now. So uh, this, this is the direction we are trying to go to today. There was one caveat, if I may say, um, we are uh, faced with a few launches now in domains which are pretty unknown for us. So that's that's the most challenging today now. What is the best approach there? Um, obviously, you want to visit physicians for the first time face-to-face -to, -face to ask all of these things. But if access is low, yeah, how do you handle that? So, so yeah, that's that's currently a challenge. There's one question I wanted to, to ask you also. You, you mentioned, and I think... I think we all see that face-to-face -face is back, for sure. That's that's a reality. At the same time, you, you saw, so uh, we shared with you guys, uh, Mokta and Andy, the, the Viva Pearls data around uh, HEP access that is way more challenging than before. Is it something you see also on your side with the field teams, with the markets, trying to understand the reality behind some of the stats that we see here? Yeah, so we, we, we went to the, the Pulse Resorts uh, as, as a global team, but we also shared them with, with the countries. And I just mentioned there are some special differences across countries, but also if you deep dive in, into some specialities and it's really reflecting reality. Um, so and, and based on these results, um, you obviously need to kind of make an action plan. What, what are you going to do with it? I mean, reports are nice, but yeah, what are the insights and what are the actions uh, going out of that? So no, we, we definitely looked at, at those and uh, yeah. Okay, so so you see a difference, right? And maybe Mokhtar, you want to add, but pre-COVID and now you see a difference yes. with HTTP access actually. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, of course there is a difference before and after. The point that this difference is variable from one market to another, according to the... Uh, structure of the market, the market dynamics, and um, the let's say the behavior of the physician as well. So some physician they prefer in-person interaction according to the culture, according to their uh, you know background, rather mm -hmm. other markets, and we should consider that. But in general, yes, still the the accessibility is lower than before, and we should consider that, and we should act on to have the plan and adapt our way of engagement accordingly. However, we should also have a model, different model, according to the markets, 
and according to the speciality or the physician as mentioned by Andy. So we believe that it will not be one model that will fit with all markets and all specialties. Right, yeah. And you're touching on a very interesting topic for me, and it's a bit controversial, so bear with me, but it seems like you both are, or you both your organizations are giving freedom to the rep to choose what the, the best channel mix should be. Is that, do you think that that's the right thing? Because obviously we see a lot of the times that the reps kind of choose the channel mix that they themselves are more comfortable yeah. with and not necessarily, exactly, yeah. not necessarily what the ATPs want. So just curious about, so I know if it's an advanced perspective, do you, do you trust the reps in, in choosing the right channel mix or any ways to correct or, or inform that with customer preferences? Yeah, it's a good point. And as you mentioned, it's a big topic to uh, to discuss. Um, the point that um, we we have a process to define what is the accurate channel mix um, with a global guidance on, and the, on country level, the, there is different uh, you know element that should be reviewed in order to define what is the omni-channel cycle plan, for example, and the different frequency and channel that will be activated according to the brand strategy, according also to the engagement or activation customer activation strategy. And the point that we put frame um based on the segment or uh, persona for for different physician and based on their adoption letter and based on that the there is um a step for the um, the sales team sales manager and the sales rep to modify or to optimize the the, the channel mix or the omni channel cycle plan and at that stage they might have to optimize or change a bit within a specific percentage so they couldn't change it hundred uh, percent but what i see that this is a transition period or transition phase we might move ahead in the future that the rep at the time that will not be as a sales rep but the traditional sales rep but might be it's a more at the sales of sales rep of the future or might be at a customer engagement leader he will be responsible to define the channel mix based on the data that he will have and also might be featuring the AI, for example, to support him to do that. But for the time being, they optimize a little bit within the frame and based on their information and based on their interaction with the physician. Yeah. And if I, if I may, it was a very controversial question. Um, and, and my short answer is more than ever, um, we put the the cam or the sales rep in the driver's seat. Um, obviously, with a lot of uh, a lot of guidance, a lot of help first from the global team to uh, put all the channels in place uh, so they can do their, their proper work and 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 to come with the right messages and the right content. Obviously, then locally at the country level, they need to have that conversation and and that decision which channels are the most priority one the priorities. Uh, per country um, but then obviously you need to give the freedom and, and um, the responsibility uh, to the sales rep of course there are many ways to help them um, and obviously a sales leader can, can play an important role to challenge them and, and to, to, to help them but you need to give him trust um, but there is also another but uh, that means that sales rep as such need to have other capabilities and another skill set maybe as before um, and that, that's another topic where we can also dive into no, it's, it's, it's a critical one right because it, whether it's to your point Mokhtar of 
like making them more efficient so you reach and uh, you build a relationship quicker with like obviously for vaccines you, you have a much bigger base of physicians to reach out to versus and if we advance in, in rare diseases you obviously have way less amount of doctors to go and target and you, you kind of want more flexibility for reps to build that relationship it, it's it's slightly different priorities right but Maybe that's a, a good follow-up question. What are your organizations doing to make the rep more comfortable with the concept of omnichannel and make it feel like this is a tool that is empowering them and not necessarily feeling like a threat or here, yet another thing I need to do on top of everything else? So, like, what, are, what are things that worked or you guys are currently doing that you feel have helped the rep uh, in, in this journey? Yeah. So for, first of all, building the customer journey is, is an important one. Uh, having adoption letters, I, I know Mokhtar already alluded to that as well, in place is, is, is super uh, important. Um, to have to train them on all the technical skills they need to, they need to have, but then also on the soft skills. Uh, and, and don't forget that. I mean, there are a lot of digital uh, and virtual engagements today. Uh, we need to train them uh, how to have more gravitas during these kinds of uh, yeah these kinds of conversations um, compared to what they did before face to face so you, we need to train them so um, yeah it's it's I think it's all about giving them guidance and and, and training uh, more than ever it's it's interesting listening to both of you and Yan Mokta uh, I have the feeling that you you're saying okay uh, we need to have the sales teams the field teams in the driver's seat which, which I think is, is right also. Uh, I agree with you because they need to be accountable, right, of the whole strategy with healthcare professionals. But at the same time, you're saying, hey, we give a lot of guidance. We, we want to make sure we empower them. So I have the feeling that you give this direction that that's what we need to do anyway, right? And you need also as field teams to go in this direction. It's not just you do whatever you whatever you want to do because otherwise it would be total chaos. Is it is it a correct statement? Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. I think we, we have to put a frame, we have to put a model. Uh, might be, as I mentioned, so it will not be one unified model to be applied to the entire organization. Uh, might be different models, but at the end of the day, they should activate the customer within this model. And then okay. uh, the difference, it will be based on their interaction with the customer and that mentioned by Andy. So we, we should train them how to optimize the customer engagement journey, customize the customer engagement journey, personalize the interaction for the customer. But of course, there will be a core, um, for example, core message that should be conveyed. Uh, there is core channel that should be activated. And of course, they have the flexibility and the agility to personalize this interaction and customize this interaction. Okay, got it. Thank you. I think it's really key. And I really wanted to, to check that with you because... Uh, I think the worst thing to do probably, and that also I saw that uh, sometimes in some discussions with some pharma companies, the worst thing would be really to uh, just say to the reps, hey, do whatever you want with no framework probably. And then you, you can't avoid, I think, the total chaos in that case because you, you have no idea about what's going to happen. But here it's different, right? You give this frame, this framework, so they have a direction and that's that's way better. I think for the people who are listening, it's really key to understand that it's not just total freedom. Otherwise, it's going to be very dif difficult to drive anything. Yeah, and I, I would yeah. dare to go even beyond, right? Because yeah. um, we're putting a lot of pressure, I think, nowadays on the rep. Like, oh, with the right trainer, if you get the soft skills and then you have 
all these different channels. Why are you not succeeding? Why is your access not better? Why are you not like, um, why are we not seeing the results on rep? So wanted to get your honest thoughts. Like what are things that your organizations are doing beyond training just to, to make sure that that omni-channel readiness, that digital engagement is a, is a reality and just also your, your honest thoughts. What else could you guys do to, to beyond training again, because there's a lot of pressure on the rep to get it all right. What else could uh, your organizations do or some advice you might have for the listeners on how to get the entire organization ready, not just the rep ready uh, to, to deliver on this omni-channel engagement? It's a great, it's a great question. And, and two things popped up in, in, in my mind. We, we talked about training a lot and, and training on, on hard skills and soft skills of the sales rep, but there's also the sales leaders. So the people managers of those that also need to, yeah, find another way of, of working and, and, and guiding those, uh, those, those sales reps. So definitely want to work a lot with, with the sales leaders. And then another thing that's the second thing uh, we put in place now, uh, it's not rocket science, but it's a multi-channel cycle plan. Um, when you build that um, and you again, you put the sales rep in, in the driver's seat, you just need to make sure you guide them perfectly during that process. And that comes from global and that comes from the local support they, they get uh, to, to build a multi-cycle plan. And then whenever they are in the, in, in the cycle, you also need to give them the right tools to analyze the situation um, and, and help them analyzing the situation. So uh, also, also that is important. So uh, by yeah, my insights is, is one way of doing that uh, in, in CRM. And uh, it's um, totally aligned as well. And the, the point that uh, from my side that we start, we should start with the why part and they should understand why they are doing that. So before to, to learn about the soft skills or the technical part, uh, they, they should understand what is the value for themselves, firstly, mm -hmm. how this will improve um, their, their competency, their skills, and also this will, will have a positive impact on their career uh, in their opportunity in the organization. So all these aspects, I think, should be clarified at the beginning. Uh, engagement with the with the senior manager on country level, regional level, global level, and their endorsements is a key. Mm -hmm. And also, they should uh, understand the value for their customer. And and the sales team, of course, they are focusing on their customer. So when they understand that it's not just activation for a new channel or the multi-channel, but it's more about how to engage in a different way with your customer based on their customer preference. This make a difference. Uh, of course, the tools, the data is very important, but it's not about just to, to have the tool is, is available or the data is accessible, but more how they utilize the data. So, um, and of course, at the beginning of, uh, of this journey, we, we work to ask the team to collect a lot of data and to, uh, you know, collect the data and organize the data in the right way and start to analyze this data. But the next step is how to, to utilize this insight in order to personalize the customer engagement journey, to have something more uh, personalized, more customized according to the customer requirement or the customer needs. And this is what we are working now with the team. And it's a, it's a different set of skills for, for the sales team. They, they are not you know, trained before and they, it was not in their day-to-day -day activity. So um, now they are should focus on collecting insight, utilizing this insight, also thinking about how to customize the customer engagement journey, which is, it was not the case before. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have I have a question for you actually, Mokhtar. How how do you work today on the why? Because face to face is back, right? Uh, it's not the same than before uh, with COVID and so on. How do you make sure that you have a solid why today that will really speak internally to your field teams, but also to the healthcare professionals? I think it's something that many pharma companies are struggling with today. Yeah, it's it's a good point. So actually, um, in order to structure the why or what is in uh, for uh, for the different stakeholders internally, we should think about the future and what is the vision for the entire organization and then cascade that down. So we have mature brands that already exist in the organization or established brands that will continue and will continue promoting this brand. We have brand that's still in the growing phase and other that in the launching phase. And considering that and conveying, okay, so how the sales team will be able to manage that and how they will be able to manage the same resources in order to do these new launches and still, uh, continue growing in the other brand. And with the, having the solution for the omni-channel and reaching to more customer or reaching uh, more frequently to the same customer using the omni-channel, this will be the only solution in order to be able to uh, optimize the resources and achieve the business objective. So focusing on the vision, focusing on the future, and cascade that down to the different stakeholders and optimize or customize the message according to the stakeholders or country manager or sales manager or even the medical rep. This facilitate the process in order for them to understand what is the ultimate objective of moving to the omnichannel approach. And a big learning from some of my customers over the last year were that Unfortunately, like to your point, Mokhtar, explaining the value and the benefit it brings to the physician and to the different like people involved in, in the omnichannel process is, is key. But I think the big lesson learned was doing it once as, as a one event was not enough. It's an iterative thing. It's a journey as we like get new tools, learn about omnichannel, learn what works, what doesn't. You probably need to keep emphasizing the benefits, the value, the reason why you're doing it and why you're pushing for it now. It's 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 not like a one plan of comms that you send. You probably need to keep insisting on that and how it aligns to the big vision of the pharma company uh, over and over again for it to be successful. Just curious about in that omni-channel journey, any big lessons learned or anything that you guys, um, like now looking back, you could have done differently or, or would approach differently? I think one of the key points for me is uh, uh, continuity of the program. So, and we call it program, it's a development program. It's our change management program as well. So it's not at a training, it's not the classic training that you will gather all the sales team in a in a classroom and then you train them once and then you feel that, okay, it's the, the mission is done. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fully agree. Yeah, in, 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 in our experience, it's a really a journey and it takes years. Um, so we started the journey um, of course, as I mentioned, so we need to have a plan, we need to have vision, endorsement, but of course we need to be consistent. And as we requested from the team to use a different channel with their customer, we should use a different channel with them. So you should diversify the way of um, development and training. So we have, we develop some classroom training, online training, might be sometimes it's we repeat some training because we need to reinforce the message, reinforce the information in a different way. 
giving them some tool to practice in a safe environment, which is it's, for me is a key because sometimes they understand the knowledge, but because it's something totally new for them, it's it's not easy to practice, and they they might scared or fear to to practice that on the field. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think this is a key. So to con- to have this consistent approach from different different way or different channel to develop your team across months or years to reach your your objective or your uh, your ultimate objective. And our learning so far um, are, are pretty young. We are a young organization starting our digital transformation. But what is important to mention today is it's 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 better to choose fewer channels in the beginning uh, and bring quality in those in in the, the way you uh, the, the on the message uh, and and how you come across with your physicians and choosing a broad variety of, of channels and 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 bringing not so much quality in there so that's that's a very important lesson um, because a, a bottleneck uh, at our organization today is, is content creation of course I mean if you have a, a lot of channels uh, you wanna you want to put in place yeah you also need to have a lot of content out there so uh, and if you want to bring yeah quality you need to have good content and that can often be be the, the bottleneck so uh, so that's all. for us today maybe the biggest learning um, yeah. And have you guys seen anything like either from other parts of your organization or just other customers, maybe Andy in your case, like your previous life, mm-hmm. anything that you guys thought was really smart or really clever on how you engage with customers digitally or how or, or how an organization gets ready to, to deliver on this omni-channel vision? Anything that you feel like that was smart, uh, we, we should do or, or, or we could do something like that in, in our respective organizations? Maybe the cross-functional approach. Um, we often built a kind of a omni-channel or multi-channel plan uh, for the stakeholders from a commercial perspective. But why not having a more holistic view on it and and build that from a cross-functional point of view with with medical in there, market access, uh, maybe even other other stakeholders as as business development. And that's that's even more important. And if you look at the relationship you want to build with your customers on the, on the longer term. I think that's the way moving forward um, to to look at it with that with that perspective, the most more holistic one. I, I might add to that point also uh, is considering the customer. So um, considering or start from the customer to be the the heart of the model. Um, considering what the customer needs, what are the trends. I think this is uh, the key to develop a model that will be effective for engagement with the customer. Of course, cross-functional cross-functional engagement is is a key. Uh, working with different uh, different um, uh, different teams, different uh, function like medical, marketing, sales is very important. Uh, but at the same time, considering also having representative from the field, especially with a big organization. Um, not to be something like a global model, but rather than to be a model fitting with different markets according to the market archetype or the market dynamic, rather than to be just a global model that it will it will not be fitting hundred percent with the with the country dynamics and market uh, and customer needs. Very good. Um, thank you. I really like your your comments here. I think you tick a lot of the boxes to be successful. Of course, with this what I would call this multi-channel to omni-channel models, because 
I'm, I'm really convinced that even today, most of the pharma companies are still in this multi-channel model rather than omni-channel. They tend to go to omni-channel, but it's going to take time for sure. You mentioned that it's an ongoing process, Mokta. I think it's really key. Uh, too many pharma companies, I believe today, are missing this point. I hear too often that this can be done in a one-day training during a seminar uh, at the beginning of the year or whatever. I don't think it will work in that case. You really need to put this in a program, as you mentioned. And as you said, Andy, probably when you start, making sure that you get your foundations right. Don't do too many things at the same time because people will get lost in translation. So I think you're going in the right direction. But at the same time, based on your experience here and the wise uh, words and lessons you're sharing with us, do you still see something missing in your organization? I know you may... Maybe you don't want to share that too much uh, because this could be a kind of weak point, but I would be very interested to, under to understand if you see something missing still or you want to improve. I, I, I don't say it's missing, but I said it's, uh, it should be improved. We defined an um, area to be improved, um, it's, which is already mentioned by Andy, the content port. Um, content is a key. Yeah. Uh, for engagement with the customer, especially if we are focused on omni-channel. So we should have multiple content or variable content uh, for different channel and also for different customer according to their persona. Um, and having this content library, for example, it will take time. Mm -hmm. Need a lot of effort coming from different function, from franchise, marketing, medical, sales, and even we think about even the sales team uh, at the future will will have rule to customize this content or co-develop this content. So we are moving ahead on this journey as well. It's, it will yeah. not be a, a one day or one month plan, but we are still at the early stage. Yeah, it's a, it's a big piece for sure, the content. Do you see the same, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. Content, as I, I said before, is, 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 is still the bottleneck. Um, and, and especially when, when you build content, um, we, we are still used to build it for face-to-face -face engagement. But of course, content for digital uh, engagements uh, or, or to send emails or to have on a website is, is different. There's a different uh, meaning behind. There's a different a different way. So that's something to, to, to think about. Um, one smart way of doing it is how you can reuse content that you have created for multiple purposes. I think that's a new way of thinking when you develop materials, when you also develop your, your key messages behind your your products. So that's, uh, that's, that's an important one. And and to come also back on your, your, your questions, Sebastian, and, and then we are really honest. If you look today at Advance, where are we struggling with? Um, Something I can mention is our website strategy. So okay. uh, for people who don't know, uh, Advanced Pharma, we acquired Intercept Pharma last year. Um, and those are two companies that merged together with a completely different mindset and vision on, on website strategy. So on one side, you had uh, Intercept with per country, one or two uh, websites on the disease and on the product, uh, while Advanced Pharma we have we have one or two websites on on our products in the therapeutical area and and that's it so what we are currently aiming for is to have one landing page for HEPs where they can all we can all all find information easily on our products but also maybe it can become a platform where we build in a push and pull strategy um so uh, that's that's something we're looking at yeah 
one element that you both haven't mentioned yet, but I'm curious to get your thoughts is with the whole digital interaction and obviously enabling and empowering the reps to use more channels, different channels, there's a lot more data that will become available. Have you, have your organizations thought about like the richness or, or how you can like really get the most out of those new data points that you will have access to? Or, or is that something you haven't thought of just yet? Just curious about like what will be your data strategy out of these multiple omnichannel interactions that you're planning to do? Um, so actually we are working on it. So we, we have different project fo focusing on how to integrate the different data according to the data source, either it's internal or external data, and working to analyze this data to have it either inside, valuable insight for the sales team. Um, and also one of the uh, key projects that we are working on to leverage the AI in order to build some next best action or next best content based on the data that had been collected. So um, I couldn't say that we we are at um, you know very mature stage of that. We are still in the early stage according to the maturity of the data that we have and the maturity of the country. But still, it's a, we, we have a tool. It's a tool could be improved in the coming years and also could be expanded to the front market. But we we, st we started already to work on the data integration and data analysis. Yeah, and, and also we are working on, on that. Uh, more than ever, there's a lot of data coming in. Um, in, in CRM, you are do we are doing market research. Um, but also, as I just mentioned, our website strategy will be really important. And, and to have that one landing page for HEPs will be very interesting, but also because also there we want to build a bridge between um, that website and our CRM. Uh, so yeah, we are super keen to, to, to know more and, and to see how we can analyze all of that uh, incoming data in the best possible way. Link it to that, uh, Vic, is, is more about how to visualize this data. Yeah. So exactly. with, with a, yeah. yeah, with a lot of data and a lot of insights, um, the, the point is we have to think how to visualize this data to the sales team to be easily to be used for their day-to-day -day activity and for customer uh, engagement and customer activation. Because we, we don't expect that the sales team or even the sales rep of the future will, will be, you know, data analysts. And we don't want that. But we want him to be able to utilize this, this insight properly for the customer engagement. And in order to do that, we have to visualize this data in an easy way, in one stop, uh, one stop shop, one, uh, one view that will be able to capture all the key data or all the key insight that will be required for the customer engagement. I think this is what we start to think about it and see what would be the different solution either to be integrated in the CRM or outside of the CRM. But at the end of the day, we need to have the solution within the organization in order to facilitate the role for the sales rep for the customer engagement. Yeah. And you don't you don't want to share all the data with the field teams, I guess, right? You want to filter and make sure that you really share what makes sense for them. So it, it's not an easy task, I guess. It's going to be a journey as well, for sure. Exactly, because you, you don't want to go into analysis paralysis mode where uh, it's, it's a wealth of data. And we probably need to serve in different purposes and different 
um, benefits or different um, objectives with this data, right? Some of it might be used for segmentation and targeting. Some of it might yeah. be used to the rep just to inform what's next, right? Some of it might be used even just to inform the channel mix and understand some patterns that happen along the year. So that's why I'm asking, like, there are some organizations uh, we work with that are like trying to get ahead and, and identify what KPIs are we going to measure, what does success look like, who is going to be using that, and some that are so overwhelmed and to some extent even for pure compliance reasons, uh, so afraid of collecting the data that, that they just don't want to like do anything at all. And I, I touch on probably everyone's favorite topic, compliance <laughs> and data privacy. Just curious about like, how was it for you guys getting the, the the legal side or the legal teams within your organizations supporting this journey with Omnichannel? Like any vo- words of advice or or anything, particularly even just consent management or more like the tactical things that the reps will have to deal with. Any thoughts on on how we can help our colleagues or anyone in in this Omnichannel journey to overcome these uh, sometimes challenging barriers? Yeah, it's a big topic where you can say so much, so much about. Uh, first, it's important to work with the with the legal and compliance team uh, w- within your company uh, to 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 build the text. What do you want to capture? Uh, capture when you capture consent. Uh, basically, uh, do you have one broad communication and one yeah one consent capturing all, or do you want to specify? Um, so that's that's the first choice you need to make as an organization. Uh, at advance, we we made a broad one fits all uh, um, capturing consent strategy. So that's, that, that's important. And then you need to, yeah, also need to, to have the right channels in place to, to capture consent. Um, and, and yeah, we have discussed that with the countries, what is the best approach? Uh, and, and for the time being, um, our, our people can capture consent face to face, but also in, in a digital way. And you, may, you need to make that process as easy as possible, both for the sales rep as for the people that, uh, that give their consent. Yeah, from from my side, I think the early engagement with the global compliance or legal is very important, mm-hmm. uh, and working uh, globally firstly to get uh, you know a sign off or just endorsement from the global team, um, legal team or compliance global team. This facilitate this process on country level because sometimes the uh, um, you know regulation is different from one country to another, so. It, need to be revisited on country level but if it's approved globally at the time the process on country level will be shorter or easier so the the main advice that we should engage with the global legal or global compliance as early as possible in any project or any initiative and how about channels that are not compliant that your reps are likely using like <laughs> Just uh, putting it out there. Um, yes, I think we hear about that also quite often. So, so just obviously, we don't need to acknowledge anyone uh, doing anything no. they shouldn't. But we do know that the reps likely rely on the use of WhatsApp or <laughs> SMS or things that like are outside of the compliant way of engaging yeah. with an ACP. Like, curious about how are your organizations coping with that? Are you doing anything? Um, like w- what are the ways to, again, give the flexibility to the rep to build a relationship in the way that they think is best, but obviously trying to make that in the most compliant way. Well, first of all, it's, it's, it's really difficult to control them. And, and I also don't, 
know if we really want to control them. I think we need to yeah have a little bit of faith and 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 uh, yeah uh, in in them. So that's that that that's one thing. Um, what we do today is is the engagements they're doing um, outside of 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 what we maybe we know is they have the possibility to capture that into CRM if they have a phone call or they have an e- they send uh, send out an email from their outlook or even even gmail there is already a way for them to capture that into CRM and and we see that 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 sales reps are pretty honest ab- about it so that's that's already a, g- a good thing if you see then that there is a mismatch or a misalignment in sending emails and not having consent I, I think you need to have that discussion with with the sales rep and often we see that it's just yeah a matter of, of not having consent yet in place and if you address that topic maybe a few weeks later or a few months later that consent is in place so so again I would not go for yeah full control and and having an open conversation uh, about it yeah do you do you also do something Andy for for the the chat channel instant messages or well Anything you you may do for that because we know it's a hot topic also for the whole industry. Yeah, it's 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 a hot topic. In all honesty, today we're we're not doing anything actively there, but we are investigating it if if it's one of the options uh, very soon, definitely. Yeah. Um, how about you, Motor? No, from from my side, I think we should uh, be sure that the team stay compliant, um, and according to the global regulation and according to the country regulation. Um, the most important thing, and we 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 spend time and effort to get the, the physician consent in order to have this remote engagement, sending email, uh, participating in webinar. So, and we we reached to a you know high percentage of the physician had been consented. So, I, I think this is this is what we focus on on Sanofi. Uh, to to get the consent from physician and to stay compliant for any engagement with the physician related to the CRM system. So we have different channels that already integrated in the CRM, and this is what we would like the team to use it, even in the remote engagement or in the face to face engagement or uh, or sending the email. So we advise the team to and we recommend the team to to use their emails through the CRM and even use predefined content that had been already validated and not to to have, uh, you know, this personalized content because it might not be compliant. At the same time, for example, for the the messages and uh, you you have raised this point, Sebastian, we we use some uh, messages app, uh, but Till now, it's used according to the country regulation, and mainly it's used by medical marketing campaign. It's okay. not individual at uh, an individual uh, message. Of course, it, it, it's more at a campaign level actually. So, it's so. campaign level, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. It could be used on individual level, just as, for example, reminder for webinar, just to remind the physician right. for webinar, but not for a promotional or commercial discussion. Hmm, uh, might be in the future we find a way. Uh, and we believe that the uh, the messages is is one of the channels that preferred by the physician. It might be more convenient, easily to interact, but still we facing this compliant uh, compliant uh, you know perspective that we should consider. Might be at the future with the business of the regulation, might be will be one of the key channels that we rely on. Yeah, yeah, and we we will need to find a way all together for sure. And I get your your viewpoints here, both of you, Andy and Mokhtar. 
a bit different in the way you're engaging with these channels and how you want your field teams to do it makes total sense because I guess we don't see yet today a real uh, solid viewpoint for the whole industry. And that's something we will all need to work on together, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and again, to be 100% clear, of course, Advanced Pharma is and, and wants to be 100% compliance and, and we are doing anything, everything uh, we can to, to do that. Um, but coming back to that, um, especially when sales reps have really good relationships, I think you cannot avoid that there is sometimes an email going, going out from another email box or a phone call happens. Again, it's all about transparency then and to have that, that discussion with, with, with the sales rep. There are, there are potential consequences of that, so you need to... Yeah. Uh, and and you want it. to have the discussion in that case, right? Absolutely. Instead of the reps trying to hide something because exactly. the rep feel that uh, maybe he or she did something wrong. You, you have in your organization, I believe, this uh, openness, this transparency to make sure that you have the right discussion. That's very good. Absolutely. And another topic I also want to address around consent, and I, and, and I knew it's a topic, it's really open a little bit Pandora's box, but another topic around consent is, is also once you have consent of a physician is not to, and I hate the word, is not to misabuse it, uh, meaning you're bombarding with, with communications, etc. So first of all, be selective and the frequency there is, is super important uh, and also such a thing as channel preference. Um, we, I, I told you in the beginning, we are capturing broad for all communications, but it doesn't necessarily mean you need to select all channels or you need to select all communications. Listen really well to your customer. Uh, sometimes he gives your consent, but he's also interested, he's only interested in face-to-face -face or in maybe getting webinars uh, or, or something or other invitations. So listen carefully to that and, and try to capture that. I think that's uh, that's very crucial. And two questions actually as a follow-up from, from that, Andy, and I'm conscious that again, you you have a slightly different setup because of rare diseases being smaller amount mm -hmm. of physicians. So you have to give a bit more freedom to build that like um, high quality relationship. But when it comes to consent, like how often do you repeat that consent within advance and and also how much do you connect the dots with other functions like market access marketing um or like if you have like key account management in place just curious about how much of that helps you actually or benefits you to keep it within the sales remit and the like rep has control and kind of justify other parts of the organization reaching out or how much do you share it is because i, I, yeah. I guess there's pros and cons for both yeah. So f first thing, what what is the frequency? We 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 still are yeah figuring that that out. What is the ideal frequency to re repeat consent? In the meantime, what is super important is with every communication you do is give them the freedom to opt out. So that's that that's already uh, super super important. And then the second thing. Um, Looking at consent, we're just starting to do this from a cross-functional point of view. That means if you launch a product, so pre-launch, uh, medical teams or market access is already visiting those those stakeholders, uh, so they can already start capturing consent. So why not? I think it's in, in the benefit from 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 the company, but also for the stakeholder at, at the longer term. So uh, that's that's for us now a new approach we are we're doing. Yeah. How about you, Motor, in within Sanofi? Do you share consent uh, across different teams uh, facing the same customer or is it for now just more owned by different customers? Uh, we share the, um, the consent between the different business unit. So with, for example, vaccine, general medicine, specialty care, if it's a common 
um, um, customers so it shared um, the e-consent so we could benefit from the e-consent that collected by other business unit. Uh, of course, it shared with um, sales, marketing, and medical. And about the duration, I, I don't think that there is a specific um, timeline for this. It might be different on the country level from country to, uh, to country. But of course, as mentioned by Andy, so uh, there is a f- option for opt out if the physician feels that it's all. He doesn't want to uh, um, continue receiving this, these messages or these emails. I, I do have one like more controversial question. Uh, now looking into the future, right? And maybe if it helps, looking at other industries that are way more mature when it comes to digital engagement. We see other industries when it comes to addressing channel preferences and being more digital, even segmenting or grouping their customers based on the, the digital behaviors, right? Uh, but within pharma, we know that we're still very much looking at the adoption ladder, if the physician is new to a drug, if, if they're like an advocate. So do you foresee that maybe, I don't know, five years time uh, or even more, pharma would also move uh, as the data points become available? Hopefully, Andy, to your point, as the teams work closer together, do we foresee pharma also moving towards a model like that where we arrange our customer engagement based on digital behaviors or do you see that as it, it will never work for pharma because we're still like obviously prescription based and that that should drive the business any any thoughts from you both on, on that i think it will never shift from one direction to the the other complete opposite one um and and um we have spoken already that that the sales rep will remain in the driver's seat or is today in the driver's seat? Will that be the sales rep uh, in, in five years? We don't know, but but somebody will still be in, in the driver's seat and, and take certain decisions. Um, so that's, that's, that's for sure. Um, I think analyzing the current digital behavior learns us a lot, but it's too early to tell how the future will look like honestly today it's something it's something to evaluate year year after year um and and maybe we, we will never yeah be there will never be maybe a way to overgeneralize things because we already see now differences per speciality and those differences per, per country so um yeah it's it's a good good question something to keep on analyzing i would say mokhtar i don't know what you think about this from from my point of view, uh, I see that we are moving to that. Um, how it, when it will we reach to that? It will be different from one organization to another, and even within the organization, might be different from one country to another. So, um, within within Sanofi, uh, we start for some business units, some country to apply persona. Um, and in persona, they already integrate the digital affinity or digital preference within the persona and based on that, they could customize the customer engagement accordingly. We don't say that it's a hundred percent, let's say hundred percent right or wrong for the time being, but at least we start, we will start test and see if this is right or would need to be optimized. But at the end of the day, we need, we need data. Uh, we need to work that and build this persona for different uh, for different customer for different segment and also might be for different brand as well and then moving from one brand to portfolio persona or something like that. So it will need time. Um, but I see that we are moving to that. I see that the 
channel preference or digital affinity will be one of the elements that we should consider for the engagement with the physician. And uh, it will be one of the key to optimize and personalize the customer engagement journey. So this controversial question, you have a more controversial answer than, than we have today, but it, no, it, 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 it's interesting to, to, to hear. And I'm, I'm curious at, at, at occasions we have, uh, like for example, the Viva Summit, where I have the chance to, to engage with a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, friends from other companies. It's an interesting topic to, uh, to discuss maybe how other organizations look at this. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, it's a, for sure, like stuff like the vaccines business is closer to a consumer dynamics, right? Then what you are, you're probably on the, on the opposite extreme. But um, there's just a lot of different elements that need to be in place for that to be a reality. Um, and I think on that note, conscious that we need to close at some point, otherwise we can be here forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it will be good, like from you both, um, versus Seb, just also keen from the Viva side, if you have any extra thoughts to share. What words of advice do you have to anyone in this uh, journey, trying again to make Omnichannel a reality within your organizations? Like, what will be like your two, three tips that you would give? Yeah, what, what, how can you start? What could be simple? Maybe the best tips you can provide to, to start in a simple way, maybe, or make sure you, you get the foundations right, I believe. Andy, do you want to go first? Any tips? Any anything you want to share? Maybe to to finalize. Maybe the biggest tip I, I can give today, but again, we are uh, at, at at the start of our journey. Is 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 to do maybe go for maybe less channels and and really bring quality in those. Then 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 uh, yeah, do it in a different in the, in the opposite way. So that that would be my my biggest uh, biggest uh, advice today. Um, and if you really look at, at what countries currently are doing, maybe look at one big ticket item and fully leverage that one instead of going for a lot of tactics and, and, uh, and projects uh, from a digital point of view. So that will be my advice. Thank you. I think it makes total sense. So Mokta, what will be your like one, two tips that you would have for someone uh, just starting that omnitunnel journey or in that omnitunnel journey based on, on what you have um, experienced so far? What, what will be your advice? Yeah, th- thank you, Vicky, for that. So if I, if I may share some, uh, some tips so, uh, or advices. So I will start with one advice for any organization to start from now. Uh, whatever is the... Um, status, whatever the maturity level for this organization, they should start. They, they should start from one point and then they, they could assess their status, their maturity um, and the capability and build a plan for the future. Um, they, they shouldn't wait till they, they will be very equipped with the, with the different channel, equipped with the competency and then decide how to move. But they should move from now because I see that the all the direction is moving to have this omni-channel engagement journey with the customer. So they should start from the time being. Another advice that they should not have all the plan in one go. So they should split the plan to the front phases. So for example, they, they should define exactly when they, what will be the, the ultimate objective or what the, the final model that they would like to have but they will not do this in one phase, but they should split it to the front phase 
So, for example, they, they move from their current phase to another intermediate phase for the engagement model. And then after might be one year, two years, three years, they move to the, the final phase. So it might be two or three phases according to the maturity, uh, maturity level. Might be it will be different from one country to another, but it will not be the, the entire journey in one go. So this is from my side, based on what we experience, they, they should focus on these two points and they, they don't neglect the effort that will be required to achieve this journey. That's a very good advice, Marta, because there's quite a few like moving pieces. A lot of things are changing, right? Technology is getting better. We have more data. So keeping it faced, I think it's a really, really good advice. Yeah, so I was wondering also, Andy, uh, it's a lot of things, of course, to, to do and to change in your organization. One thing we haven't discussed yet is governance and the company governance overall. Because if you don't have the right governance model, I guess, it can be very difficult to move the markets or even a region to go in the same direction than you. Is it something you, you worked on also internally? Did you change your governance model? Yeah, it, it's not even changing our governance model. There was not a governance model on, on, on this behalf. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's really funny. But so, so yes, it's something that is a hot topic in, in our organization. Uh, and and it's something, a role that I try, try to pick up in, in our organization and, and build that governance uh, to, to, to have that in place. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds actually like a great opportunity for your organization to build the right governance model from the start, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Very good. Well, thank you so much, uh, both. It has been a super interesting uh, conversation and, and lovely to hear your thoughts and, and what you're doing within your respective organizations to like, really help our reps, but also make our, the experience for physicians the best. Uh, I think it was a really lovely exchange. And also from me, big thank you for your time today. Seb, any final remarks from you? I think that's it, Victoria. Thank you for uh, all the time you spent with us, Andy and Mokhtar. And uh, yeah, I think uh, this podcast was very interesting to, to do with you. And I hope it will be also very interesting for all the people who will listen to it. Definitely, I think it will help a few pharma companies. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. That concludes this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. You can find more information about this episode, including a download link and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com slash podcast. The Pharma Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and Podme, where you can find and subscribe by searching for Pharma Forum. And don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for daily news and analysis bulletins and to follow us on Twitter at at Pharma Forum. Thanks for listening. Thank you.